Hello, my name is Greg Stolze, and today I'm going to be recording an actual session of playing Million Dollar Soulmate, my tabletop role-playing game of erotic uncertainty. Hi, my name's Mike LeBeau. I'm the head of video production for a company called Rusty Quill, and I'm a Twitch streamer on their channel, RQ Streams. And you should care, in general. I mean, at this juncture, if you're listening to this and you figured at this point that actually it's not worth caring, then, I mean, I feel you. I really do. I listen to a series of podcasts where I feel the same. But I'll tell you what, right? I'll cut you a deal now. Stick with it. And we'll see how we get on. And then towards the middle of the podcast, we'll check in and see how you're feeling. Uh, and then at the end, we'll have like a proper review. We'll, but thanks very much for, uh, for getting this mind. Yeah, yeah. All right. It's going to be good. I'm excited about all this, man. As you should be. So the game we're playing today, Million Dollar Soulmate, is a... Mike and I are going to construct a narrative about a millionaire who has literally spent $1 million to have a computer algorithm find their perfect match. But the twist, one of several twists, so brace yourself, is that it could be that the computer found the person who will make them better and kinder and a more full human soul, someone who will amplify their good side. It is equally possible that the algorithm will identify their perfect enabler, the finest, most elaborate crutch for their pettiness, selfishness, sibaritism, and the like. So, Nicki Minaj. It... <laughs> and so, am I getting close? Is this how the game works? A little bit. Right there. Okay. Nobody knows which one it is until the last scene when we roll dice. And there is a 50-50 chance that the relationship is, and always was, good and wholesome, or that it is, and always was, depraved and perverse. Oh, Greg, so our... you told me there was so much jeopardy in this game. I was I've... not prepared. I've seen this turn into Korean revenge drama. It was great. Oh my lord. That's, yeah, well, that sounds incredible. We'll, we'll get there. Are we going to get all like, I mean, thinking of something totally different, is this going to get Persona 5? Because if it is, I'm so down for that. I'm not familiar with Persona 5. What's that? Oh, man, it's a great game. Like, I haven't played it myself, but I've watched a lot of the playthroughs. And it's just the art style is incredible. It's about basically you go around um, <laughs> trying to defeat people with katanas. I don't want to say too much because you should definitely, you should definitely play this game. It's unbelievable. <laughs> All right. Well, so where was I? Oh, that at the end, we will find out whether this is the good kind of soulmate or the bad kind of soulmate. And so our job is to create ambiguity in the three dates that precede that. So it's basically, are you Taylor Swift or Taylor Momsen? That's what I'm hearing, right? Yep. There you cool. go. All right, sweet. The way this works, there is a series of six questions for each character. So first thing we do, very first part of the very first phase, is we kind of define the tone. So if there is anything that you need to have left out of the game, this is also the safety aspect where you can say, oh, hey, um, 
I don't want to play a game if there's going to be a bunch of rapes and eyeball trauma. Not that that has mm. ever come up in this particular game of mine. Oh my lord! But if there are yeah. things where you're just like, no, this will this will wreck my fun. The time to come up with that is now, and it, the time it is. This is also the time when you can say, hey, let's make this like an '80s sitcom, or oh, let's have wow. this be a little more dark and serious where you know that the stakes are higher and it it really could wind up that one of these people strangles the other at the boathouse at the in the last scene so tone and safety all blended into one chunky milkshake i mean that sounds beautiful got any particular lines you want to cross or don't want to cross well, I mean, in terms of not wanting to cross, I think the the obvious is true. Rape is definitely out, and all yeah. of like you know the the big the big bads. You know what I'm talking about. You know, like yes. mass genocides, things like that. Probably let's steer away from those. Probably not going to come up in a game about romantic ambiguity and dating, but you never know. Listen, listen Greg, I have no idea. Like, I don't <laughs> know where this journey is going to take us. <laughs> the magical mystery mystery fun ride, like. The way that I have come into this is just by totally suspending all of my like disbeliefs, and I'm just here to have fun, man. I think I'm just literally here to. The thing is, I come from a bit of an improv background, and I know where that can go. Oh yeah. So yeah. So yeah. Um, Well, we'll we'll keep it, you know, moderately. Yeah, it's not going to turn into saw or hostile. I mean, Hostel, what, wow, what, that film was a lot. <laughs> um, the more you think about the film Hostel, the, the less you want to think about the film Hostel. Um, but, All right. Yeah, okay. So in terms so of... Fairly, in- fairly open and we'll see. I think a tone will emerge as we go through the questions. Well, do you think that we could pitch it as like a noir, but oh, like yeah. a modern noir? So, you know, you have the whole, like, stood under oh. a lamppost, except the lamppost is actually LED because it's much better for the environment, and you comment on the fact that you like that. You know, that sort okay. of thing. Sure. Yes. Totally. Perfect. Thy will be done. I'm just going to Google modern noir. Don't mind me. You, you carry on. <laughs> All right. Well, the first question, uh, and as the guest, you get to to take your pick. Do you want to be the millionaire who is so lonesome that they are willing to spend more money than 10 upper middle class people earn in a year just to take the chance that this computer genius can do what he's saying and find you your perfect person? Or do you want to be the person who has been sought out in this fashion? It's weird that Charlie Sheen is the first person that comes to my mind when I think of the probably the most likely person who would do that. But at the same time, I... Which do I want? God, that's a difficult decision. Do you know what, actually? I think I would rather be... I'd rather not be the millionaire. I think I'd rather be the other person. I want to be on the end of the Facebook algorithm that has given me that random French person who it thinks that it, you're like best friends because literally your surname is the same. Okay. Uh, that does give you some slight mechanical, uh, not really mechanical advantages. Like you get to go first. 
Ooh. Now, we are going to generate this millionaire and this soulmate collaboratively. There are six questions that determine what's up with them. And uh, okay. so the six questions are the, for the millionaire. Question number one, why didn't you take the cheat code option? Meaning you as a millionaire have gotten the name and presumably like their Tinder profile. But you didn't uh -huh. get a full scrape of every online interaction they've ever had. And, you know, the deep psychographic analysis that credit card companies do to find out what ads they should pitch at you. The millionaire could have <laughs> basically gotten all this information that is the equivalent of having read the soulmate's diary, but chose not to because blank. So that's question one for the millionaire. Okay. Question two, what right. is the best thing you've ever done that didn't involve money? Should Which I be could writing be... this down? Uh, no, I've got them. I've got them written down. Okay. All right. Uh, cool. They're they are in the PDF uh, starting on page seven. Oh, I'm on uh, page six. Oh, oh, just, you didn't even do the homework. Um, no, the the noir thickens though. It was literally round the next corner. The next question, what is the secret you never told anyone? Four, erotic identity, which is, can be... <laughs> Come again? <laughs> uh, you know, well, the... Wait, is that my erotic identity? Maybe that's what I'm starting. <laughs> so, the, uh, what it says in the text is, this can be complicated, including but not limited to whether you're queer or cis, what your whole genital and hormonal situation is, what pronouns you use, and what fetish really boils your broth, or it could be as simple as vanilla cis male. I don't know why, but the, the line genital situation, <laughs> I mean, I, I've had a lot of bad dates in my time, uh, Greg, but never, never once have I been asked what, what my genital situation is. I think, I think that the person, the first person who asks you that, I think they're the one. I think that's the one that you spend the rest of your life with. Oh, genuinely. My theory about finding a life mate is that if there is something you do that annoys everybody, and even, you know, even your mom asks you to stop it. Oh wow. And you meet someone who thinks that's cute, that's the yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. No, you're absolutely spot on. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. All right. Question five. Worst thing that ever happened to the millionaire. Okay. And question six, what is the big trouble the millionaire escaped with money and privilege? Ooh. So we are going to take turns answering some of these questions. And the six questions for the soulmate. One, what about you will astonish the millionaire? Oh, man. If the, the more positive this answer is, the more positive the game skews. Okay. Uh, in general, uh, but that's true for a lot of these questions, but that one especially seems pretty meaningful. Number two, what does the soulmate know for absolute certain about love and romance? Oh, well, for absolute certain? For absolute certain. Man. Three. That's, that's so deep. Greg, you never <laughs> told me how deep this game was going to get. It can go deeper. It can go shallow. Oh, um, Greg. It's 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 pretty agile. 
It seems so. super agile. It's like it's more agile than a cat on a tin tray going around a slalom. Like this is perfect. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, question three: What's your place in society? Uh, religion, which could be again, it's how how you think of yourself. Could okay. be a religious identity or a job, or it could be just you know, I'm poor and unemployed. I see. I see. Okay. Number four: erotic identity again. It's back for round it's two. It's back. The genital situation returns. Gen <laughs> That's got to be a film somewhere. Please tell me. <laughs> or an Please album. tell me. <laughs> yeah. Hello? yeah, it's just like a really alternative punk band. Hello, Cleveland. We are the genital situation. <laughs> we're going to be playing some new stuff, but for... <laughs> and we're here with our first song. It's called What the Penis. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right, All number five, time. what circumstances bring out the worst in you? And number six, who is your enemy and why? Ooh, oh, now that's a good one. Okay. All right, cool. So you, as the soulmate player, get to pick one question to answer. Okay. From either sheet. From either sheet. Oh, yes. Well, really? Yes. We will both be answering questions for both characters. So this way you get you get a nice blend. And, you know, you have a little bit of a veto for your own character. But honestly, it hasn't come up. <laughs> no one's ever said, you know what? I absolutely do not want to do that. Because no one said anything too egregious like, oh, you're a cannibal. That's yeah, what's gonna. Yeah. That's what's gonna astonish yeah. the millionaire. Your insatiable taste for human like, flesh. <laughs> How did we get to cannibalism? How many minutes into this podcast are we? I don't know uh, why I have a draw for this sort of stuff. It's uh, it's awkward. We are sixteen like, minutes in. It was sixteen minutes in, and my draw for cannibalism has already apparently been revealed. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, so I get right. to pick one question from either sheet and so yep. i i pick the question and answer it right yep okay all right well in that case then i'm gonna pick from the millionaire's six questions mm -hmm. and i'm gonna choose number two what's the best thing that you've ever done that didn't involve money so what i'm gonna say is that I can. I love how literally the description has the word nothing written twice and one is capitalized. <laughs> that is not what I'm going to say. So Good. I, <laughs> no, I think that the worst, sorry, the best thing that the millionaire has ever done that didn't involve money was the time when they went to Starbucks and while they were there, the um the frappuccino machine the one that makes like the nice like frothed cold milk uh-huh that totally bummed out it's gone it's it's done son like that ain't coming back but the millionaire was so determined to get their frappuccino and they were at the front of the line there's like five other people you know how it is there's like five other people uh -huh. behind you you don't really know what you want you're looking at the menu but the menu items all blur into one you get a little bit anxious and then you say something that you wouldn't expect like i'll buy you a new one um right and and then a herd of puppies came through the door exactly at that moment all of which 
were owned by the millionaire and all of which uh, the people in the shop start playing with to ease the tension. And so therefore, they basically, they broke loose out of the back of his uh, Rolls Royce Phantom. Um, and he then proceeds to, in order to keep the tensions down in the Starbucks, give away all of the puppies, which are of the appropriate age to be given away, and also orders there and then a new Frappuccino machine. Ah, and but Frappuccino company, hold on. And but isn't it, isn't it his money that allows him to casually buy Frappuccino machines? No, no, hold on, hold okay, on. The right. Frappuccino company that he called was so taken aback by this generous gesture that they actually said, you know what, we'll just give it to him. It's, it's on the house. And he said, thanks very much. I really appreciate that. All right. Said, thanks. You've been served by Greg. He said, Greg, you've done a great job today. Um, you know, well done. And Greg said, oh, thanks. No one's really ever told me that any before. And Greg went home and lived a happy and fulfilling life. All right. Uh, things that didn't involve money that were all somehow interlinked. <laughs> okay. You, and you wanted this to be a film noir. So you brought yeah. in the puppies. Okay. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Puppies, very noir. <laughs> I'm definitely certain that they featured in the hit 2005 film Brick. All right. Um, so next up, you have gone straight sort of Willy Wonka-ish with that question. Uh, each of us <laughs> now answers a, play, a question about our own character. Actually, okay. we, each, we take turns answering two questions about our own character. Okay. So let's see. So I'm going to be playing this puppy donor. And uh, why... I'm going to answer question one. Why not cheat on the, the questionnaire? Why not take immense advantage of the informational positions and advantages? And... I'm going to say because it's not fair and because he loves surprises. Okay. All right. I, I'm down with that. You know, I'm also a big fan of surprises. I get it. Sometimes you don't want to know what's going to happen. And sometimes it's better if you don't know what's going to happen. I get it. And, you know, the whole unfair thing. In, in English, you'd say that was not exactly cricket. Am I using that right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, you you have actually, yeah, you've pretty much hit the nail on the head there. Yes, we would describe, we describe most things as, as similar to or different from cricket. Um, and in fact, yes, that is, that is a very famous phrase. All um, right. So question about the soulmate. Question about the soulmate. Sorry, I was still thinking about the puppy thing, actually. <laughs> I genuinely... I just, I've got this image in my mind of just the door like slamming open and like a gust of wind brushing through and then a series of puppies. And you know, the camera does like a long tracking shot out and back. And then the puppies just keep coming and the people are happy. And then Greg's happy. I mean, it was a, it was a scene. It was a scene. All right. Um, yes. Very cinematic. <laughs> thanks. Um, okay. So I'm going to go with question four. What, dun, dun, dun. what is your erotic identity? Okay. So I'm going to say that my character is going to be bi-polyamorous. 
and a male. And I think that that will sit very nicely with puppies. Yes. And noir. All right. Uh, I, I will, I too will answer question four. Ooh, daring. The millionaire, uh, I, I will opt to play a woman. And her erotic identity, I'm going to say, is corny. She, nice. <laughs> she wants, it's the one man, one woman, one lifetime approach, looking for long-term commitment, settling down, picket fences, kids, <laughs> just the whole super, nothing against any other options, but. She wants the whole traditional man woman thing, and yeah, thinks, yeah, you know, there's a reason vanilla is the most popular ice cream flavor. <laughs> oh man, that's uh, that's that's stunning, that's stunning. All right, so one more okay. question for, for you for the soulmate, okay? All right. So I'm going to go with I'm going to go with question 6. Uh-huh. Your oh, enemy yeah. and why? And <clears throat> my enemy is going to be the man. But the man isn't actually like the man the man. The man is this guy who I met once but like I never really caught their name, but just everything that they did was really like unsettling. Like, you know, when someone is sitting on a bench, you know, you sit down in the park, you know, you've got your Kindle out, you're you're just about to start reading, and you get that one person, there's like 14 benches in the park, uh-huh. all of them are empty, and they come and sit like uncomfortably close to you. Like, but this keeps happening over and over again. Like they go to the cinema and the man turns up behind and is standing like uncomfortably close in the line and so like like us maybe a stalker maybe a supernatural manifestation maybe just a coincidence exactly it's hard to tell but they just keep coming back that's where i'm gonna go all right and you don't even know you have you ever had a conversation with this person i mean i've tried but they're like, they just look at you and that's it. They don't say anything and then they just leave. Like, Oof. it's like they know that their work is done. It's like those people, right? You know those people who put gum, you know the cup holders in cinemas, right? Uh-huh. And they put gum right at the bottom of the cup holder and they look into that cup holder and go, my work here is done. And then they leave because they know that the next person is never going to be able to get their cup out of that holder. And creates unpleasant own purpose. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yep. okay. exactly. Ah, oh, fuck the man. And and usually the man picks on the woman rather than another gentleman. But interesting again. So many questions, but the why is entirely self-explanatory. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, so we have each answered two questions about the character we're playing. Next yeah. up, answer two questions about the other character. Ooh. So now, oh, man. Okay. Um, oh, I'm tempted by number one, but honestly, I 
it's going to be hard to come up with something more astonishing than by polyamorous. Um, <laughs> ooh. I mean, you could always go for like shiny teeth and they have to constantly sing the shiny teeth song from Fairly Odd Parents. Mm, no. But you go for it. You go for it. It's you. Uh, what brings out the worst? Does this guy have a name yet? Oh, no, we haven't named our characters yet, have we? No. Oh, man. Well, mine's Ambrosina. Ambrosina. Is that like... We have a, a type of butter in England called Ambrosia. Is it is it similar to that? Uh, it's related, but also her, fa her father was named Ambrose and always wanted a son. Oh, right. So you just add the A on the end. It's like in my family, like four of us are called Mike. It's, you know, there was no there differentiation there. They could have added an A on the end. But then I would have been a popular singer-songwriter in the early, well, late noughties. Um, so I'm going to call, what am I going to call myself? I'm, I'm going to call myself Shed. <laughs> Shed? McFadden. Yeah. Shed Is... McFadden. Is Shed what it says on his birth certificate? Uh, yes, it is, yeah. Um, named at birth because the father, or my father, should I say, wasn't particularly interested in what was going on and actually was looking through a DIY catalogue. And the nurse, um, holding newborn baby in arms, turns around with eyes a-twinkling and says, hey, what would you like to name your new son? And he just says, well, I was thinking of getting a Shed. And it stuck. Um, that was it. <clears throat> Shed McFadden. The mom died in childbirth, presumably. I mean, I mean, or just no... didn't care. Was just emotionally more than anything. I think at that point she realized that the relationship was the best part of over, and they they eventually ended up going their separate ways uh, wow. in a more amicable split. Um, okay. Well, at least it was amicable. Yeah, well, I mean, to a degree. I mean, she she managed to uh, keep custody of Shed, at least. Um, and Baby Shed was quite happy about that. Um, and the father managed to get away with, you know, like a, an, e an even split of the cash. And, you know, they, they sort of made it so that it was relatively comfortable for both of them. I think neither of them wanted any fuss. You know what I mean? Like, they, they realized at that point that it was just done. And they left. All they right. Left. I think I've got answer to number five. On fire. I think I've got yeah. number five. Okay. What brings out the worst in Shed is that Shed demands attention. And if anyone else Ooh. is getting more attention than Shed, he has to top it. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. All right. So cool. Yeah. We'll, we'll go too far. Oh, yeah, we'll go way too far, like way massively over the top. To the nth degree. <clears throat> you want to oh, jump off of you, a ladder? You can fit far. 70 pencils in your mouth? Well, watch this. These are uncorked magic markers. <laughs> you think you can build a house? Fine, I'm going to build an aircraft carrier out of nothing but plywood and hope. There it is. Perfect. All right, so answer a question about, about Ambrosina. Ambrosina. Let's have a look. Um, so I am going to pick 
Witch. Oh man, we've only we've got fairly dark ones left. It's Secret Untold, Worst Thing Ever, Big Trouble Escaped with Money. Okay, yeah, I know these these are pretty dark, aren't they? I think that Ambrosina's uh, Secret Untold is that Ambrosina in another life was actually an expert thief. And we're talking like proper cat burglar style, you know, with the finesse and everything, like falls into a room and lands on her feet because she was just caught by that wire that she threw down just before she hit the floor, you know. All right. So she's so when she was like in her 20s, she was just stealing priceless artworks. Oh, yeah. She was in the Louvre. You know, she was in the Arc de Triomphe. I'm sure that has some art that you can steal. She was in um, she was in every major place like, you know, the Tate Britain. She she hit it all taken everything she wanted to but by the end of it it was more for sport because she'd done everything she wanted to do and then she was well, just doing it for fun oh one of the one of the elements uh, established in million dollar soulmate is the millionaire has always been a millionaire or oh, at yeah. least has always been pretty rich yeah. you can roll for you could roll for it if you need to but uh <laughs> it's like no you're from money you've not ne- you did not you are not a self-made millionaire Oh, yeah, but this is, in my mind, the way I see this is like a combination of Lara Croft and Sly Cooper. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you've got the money and the mansion and da-da-da-da-da, but you still just want to steal stuff. (laughs) Okay, so, yeah, the transgression. You go for it. It's not the kill, it's the thrill of the chase. Exactly, exactly. Groovy. All right. Do I want to do sheds place in society my first laziest uh, answer is bartender but that's that has actually that's what i did in the game with rabbit and <laughs> okay all right so yeah that's that 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 vein has been mined out I'll tell you what, though, bartender is a really good shout because as an agile place in society like I've known a lot of bartenders and all of them have amazing side hustles. Like, just unbelievable. <laughs> so yeah, being a bartender is a really solid shout. Well, I was going to say clerk in a toy store. A Wait. Clerk in, the- clerk in a toy and magic store. Oh, oh no way. All right, but is it like is it real magic or is it like you know illusion? Stage magic. It's stage magic. Yes. Oh, one of the things. Hold on. One of the things I insisted on in the text. This isn't a game with vampires or space aliens or other weird stuff. Gaming staples. If that's your jam, there are just a ton of other options for you. Fine. Fine. So, okay. Yes. Try and remain within the bounds of reality, which honestly. Given 2020, holy crap. I mean, that's already so loose. That's a really slack band. But at the same time, yeah, I'm with with you. I'm with you. It's a low jump to get over. All right, so, but does Shed love it at the toy store or hate it? Man, I think that is that for you? That's for you to decide, surely. Ah, well, okay, we'll just, we'll leave that unanswered for now. We'll see what more develops. Okay, all right, all right, I'm down. All right. So, so now you now. answer mo- one more question about Ambrosina. 
either the worst thing ever or the big trouble she escaped by buying her way out of it. <laughs> well, well, I mean, to be honest, three, you, three has given... kind of put the ball on the tee for that one. <laughs> um, I feel like I've mainly done this to myself. Um, so I think because the thing is, I think the big trouble that you escaped with money and privilege, you could easily link that to thievery or whatever. I kind of want to leave that a bit ambiguous. Okay. So I kind of what was the other one that was left? Sorry, it was the worst thing that ever happened. The worst to thing you. that ever happened to Ambrosina. The worst thing that ever happened to Ambrosina was. Um, Oh man, I, you see, the thing is, I don't know how dark to pitch this. <laughs> um, up to you. The right. game is half yours. Man, okay. So, all right, okay. I've got it. Um, so, she was on a train at one point. She was on the Orient Express of all trains. And uh, she was there with a group of friends, and they were all just, you know, hanging out, having fun. It was like a trip away. They wanted to spend like a long week Ooh. away. Um, not a long weekend because they have money and so they can spend a long week, which is for us regular people, two weeks. But for them <laughs> is a long week. Um, away on the Orient Express, traveling around, seeing the sights, stopping off at hotels and, you know, just eating, enjoying life. You know how it is right. when you're living life on the Orient Express. And in doing so, she didn't realize that actually one of the friends that she'd invited on this trip also, in fact, did have a, uh, well, not a criminal history, but like a darker history. And, you know, she noticed that occasionally this person would like phase out a little bit. And, and actually it was started become, it's sort of becoming a thing that they nearly talked about. Then one day, the uh, one of the what are they called? Not the attendants, but like one of the people on the train, you know, who comes around. The ticket with... taker. Yeah, like like a ticket taker, except the the other guys that rich trains have. You know, the person who makes sure that you're doing just fine. You know, okay. they, the the nice man. We'll call him Greg. The train concierge. The train concierge. There we go. The train concierge comes around and says, uh, you know, he knocks on the door very politely and says, you know, is everything okay? And just before they can answer, he whips out a silence pistol, pops two in the chest of Janice and uh, runs off down the rest of the car, leaving her bleeding out on the uh, on the Orient Express. And in fact, there was a murder on the Orient Express that day and she's never lived it down. She never got to find out what her secret history was. Okay. Assassinated <laughs> by train conductor. That was the, that was the perfect reaction to that situation. <laughs> I right. I aim to please. All right. I love it. So <laughs> okay. All right. So we've done each answer two questions about the other character. All right, so now I answer one question about another question about Shed. There are only two left, and they are yep. what will astonish Ambrosina about Shed, or what is Shed sure about love? I'm going to say the magic tricks. Question oh, number really? one. Yeah. Okay, okay, all right. As an expert thief, Ambrosina is, of course, well aware of how misdirection and leisure domain work, but has never 
really made the connection with close-up sleight of hand magic. And so it's going to be this, oh, well, now I could not have done that with a quarter. Or, I'm sorry, pound <laughs> coin. <laughs> Man, look, it's okay. Look, we can mix everything up. It's fine. I'm hoping by the end of this we'll have a hybrid, like, US-UK sort of system going on. Uh, given the <laughs> given the politics of the current moment, that sounds ghastly. But okay. Yeah, I know. But we can make it better, Greg. <laughs> we can make it We'll good. have to. All right, so next, answer a question for the character you didn't address in the first step. So this would be you answer the last soulmate question, which is, what is Shed sure about with love? What is Shed sure about with love? You know, I think that the one, the one thing that Shed has always known about love is that it's the strongest force on Earth. So strong that it can overcome most other obstacles or problems in your life if you meet the right person. I'm wow. not going really, to go very sweet with this one. Okay. Strongest power on the planet. When I played this with Rabbit Stoddard, she had the best answer for that one. Yeah. Which was that... Uh, when I'm trying to remember exactly how it went. When you are a child, your relationships are all about emotion. And when you are an adolescent, your relationships are all about emotion and sex. Nice. And then when you are an adult, your relationships are all about emotion, sex, and money. Oh. And balancing those three factors is the plate spinning that grown-ups have to do. Wow, man. Yeah, that's she's a, smart. Yeah, that's really, yeah. I, it's I'm harsh, actually currently you... re reevaluating a lot of my life decisions right now. <laughs> All right, so man. I have to answer the last question uh, for Ambrosina. What is the big trouble that she escaped with her money? Well, obviously, what happened was that some government got wind of her thiefly skills and tried to enlist her into the great game of espionage. But because she had been having seen Janice die and having intuited that Janice was probably involved in some kind of international intrigue she's like nope nope stakes are too high i just i steal for fun uh instead of doing that i'm gonna flee to the other side of the world and get therapy for my kleptomania which isn't really kleptomania but just try and dig out the deeper issues of why i feel i need to steal jewelry from my millionaire peers so oh, that's that's beautiful. Oh, that's avoided so good. becoming a buy and got therapy yeah. instead. Oh uh, man, this is uh, my notes are looking pretty fantastic right now. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm currently writing fled to the other side of the world to have kleptotherapy. 
which I think actually reading my notes back now suggests that the person really enjoyed stealing therapists. Um, <laughs> I mean, you're, maybe... you're coming with me, Freud, you see? <laughs> they just wander around in like counseling circles and they're like, yeah, you're mine. And they're like, what? And then they just shove him in the back of a van. <laughs> Bag over the head. Yeah, yeah. Get in the back of the van. Get in the back of the van. Oh, boy. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Do you think they have a zoo? Do you think they have like a therapist zoo? That's where they just release they them into the wild with all the oh, other therapists. Man. And they, well, who then analyze each other. Yeah, yeah. And the person who obviously released them into this newfound environment. <laughs> Did you ever hear the joke about there are these two therapists who work together in the same building and they pass in the hall and the first therapist says, hey, have a good one. And the second therapist walks like three steps farther and then looks over his shoulder suspiciously and mutters, I wonder what he meant by that. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. That's, All right. That's fantastic. Um, and, okay, so we... Yeah. We have almost finished the first set phase of play, which is entitled the meet cute phase. And uh, once the questions are answered, the millionaire player describes a situation engineered to, for lack of a better word, ensnare the soulmate. Ensnare. Yes, it's... The game assumes that the initial encounter does work because if the soulmate's like, nah, not interested, the game just kind of disintegrates. So yeah. what I'm going to suggest is that Ambrosina has found out... Now, was Shed, like, on social media, you know, relationship status, looking for love? Was he on the dating apps? Or did it just, like, no, I don't care if he's married. Uh, you know, this is this is your soulmate. If If there's a spouse, that's just another hurdle you have to overcome. Yeah, no, Shed, Shed, was, um, Shed was single at the time, looking to mingle, but definitely single, okay. and was just sort of going about his daily life. I think, actually, he was in Alondis at the time when the, uh, the two agents came, both in sunglasses with suits on, uh, and asked him to step outside. And thinking that they were from the uh, police force, he, uh, he obliged and ended up in the back of a limousine and now, and then had the entire situation explained to him in the back of a limo. Um, it oh, was literally what? accosted from Londis. Accosted from a long distance relationship? Oh no, uh, Londis. Uh, <laughs> Londis. Londis is a uh, is a supermarket chain. Oh, okay. I mean, a relative. It's like a middle of the range. It would be like so you're you, you're you suggesting have? that Ambrosina had dudes come and grab. Hey, you're coming with us. There's yeah. a millionaire who wants to meet you. Yeah, no, it wasn't even oh, that. They I... just they they walk in, right? Here's the scene. You're in lo what what American stores do you have which are like corner shops? Like, Kroger. Pr what's it? Kroger's. Kroger's. Okay, with a K. Yes. Kroger's. All right. So basically, <laughs> you're you're having a lot of trouble accepting I, I, that this is the name of a grocery store. I I am. <laughs> I'm not I'm not familiar with Kroger's and this is definitely not this is definitely the first time I've ever <laughs> I've ever heard that name. It's like is it is it made up? Is it real? When, is it when you say it it sounds so unappetizing. 
I, I'm sorry. I try my hardest to make things sound buttery silk, but I, I sometimes fail, and Kroger's apparently is my stopping block. <laughs> um, but yeah, so in Kroger's, right, you're in like a section of Kroger's, and you're looking at the, uh, you're looking at some bread, and then two people both come round a corner and tap you on the shoulder and say, "Hey, is your name uh, Shed McFadden?" And Shed's like, yeah, I'm Shed McFadden. And they say, come with me, please. And they escort Shed out of the Kroger's, out onto the sidewalk, where they then uh, open the door to a limousine and usher him in. Uh, and then the door shuts, locks. The two security guards get in to the, uh, the other side of the back of the limousine. You know, the side that's facing the initial side. Mm-hmm. And the limo just drives off. Not at any speed, but drives off. And they just start laying out this whole thing. They're like, so, you're now dating a millionaire. This is their name. Hands photo <laughs> over. This is what you need to do. These are your new clothes. You know, all of this stuff. Wow. Of what I was thinking is that she just shows up as he's leaving the toy store with her se- with six corgis on leashes, and they sort of entangle him. <laughs> First of all, it's corgis. <laughs> I love I love that as an as an idea. It's just Just like literal entanglement. Entanglement by corgis. I genuinely couldn't think of anything that I would be both not okay with and okay with more in equal amounts. And so she just apologizes profusely, and of course she's all decked out, right? Yeah. So she has she has dressed very carefully to look gorgeous but like she did not work for even 10 minutes at looking gorgeous so her hair is very very carefully messy and she's wearing the most attractive yoga pants and like a a a oversized shirt that you know looks like she just grabbed it off the dirty clothes pile but it accidentally has the deep neckline yeah 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 Oh, ha, sorry. Oh, they're so friendly. They're such good judges of character. Are you most a dog person? Things, most of these things you can get from Lululemon. Look, I'm gunning for sponsorship here for you, Greg. I really am. <laughs> Lulu, Lululemon, probably the most premium of messy sportswear. Is that is yes. that a good plug? Did we nail sure. It? Uh, right. If you were, this is what millionaires wear when they are trying to get dudes. Certainly. It is. I believe this. I believe this with all my forty-nine-year-old heart. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. No, we're gonna, we're gonna have to go with the mattresses, man. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, we probably are. I mean, maybe you never know. If we can get Lululemon to sponsor this podcast, then I'll tell you what. That would be sweet. That would be pretty sweet. It's either that or like I don't know, Cheetos. We'll see. We'll see where we land. We'll see where we land. It's a confusing demographic situation, but uh, so she entangles him with the dogs, looking good. They chat and, you know, asks about, you know, oh, so toys and magic. And he is he trying, does he immediately think, oh, well, I'll I'll impress this woman by picking her card. Or is he just like, who is this this daffy dame with? Why this does she need like, five corgis? Why why sounds, isn't one corgi enough? This sounds like the plot to 101 Dalmatians, but you've just replaced the Dalmatians with corgis. I'm not saying I'm not down for it. 
beautiful. You know, it's all happening in St. James's Park. It's a fresh, like, autumn day. I think it was autumn in 101 Dalmatians. I can't remember. Um, but yeah. Probably. Probably. It's usually autumn in Noirs, right? Um, uh. So... I um I think that I think that Shed is kind of a little bit into this. Like it's unusual, you know. It's something to break up. It is the day. that? And everyone's looking. Yeah, everyone is looking. Like all of the people, even the man, even the man who is making someone else feel slightly uncomfortable by sitting slightly too close to them on a park bench, slash near a tree. You know, even they are having a difficult time of not looking at this scene that's unfolding. All and right, I think and. That, yeah. So they talk, they, you know, grab a biscotti, uh, nice. she casually touches his arm, waits Ooh. for him to give the phone number, Yeah, and yeah. if he doesn't give... He doesn't give it immediately, and she's kind of like a little bit... She starts like, you know, giving a couple more suggestions that that's where she's angling towards, and he Tosses the hair so much. Yeah, there's so much hair tossing, it might as well be a salad... And she's like giving him all of the right things. So he fumbles for his wallet and drops his business card on the floor, which of course has glitter on it. <laughs> oh yeah, she's picking that up with just, you know, two fingers because glitter gets on everything. Including corgis. <laughs> mm, In a major great. way. Glittering corgis. That's that's the name of this session right there. I'm calling it. <laughs> Yeah, perfect. All right. <laughs> Man, how bad are we going to feel if everything turns out dark and miserable for these two? Well, look, if you do call the title of this episode Glitter and Corgis and it ends up being dark, all I'll say is the Magnus Archives has had a much bigger effect on my life than I originally thought that it would. <laughs> yep. Mm, yep. You get involved with something like that, things happen. Oh, yeah, all it's right. true. So, here is how... Here's the next phase after they've, you know, had the meet cute. They go on three dates. This does not have to be their first three dates. The first one is their first date, but the other two are later along in which we see the course of their, again, everything has to be ambiguous, but the ambiguous relationship develops. And here's where the dice come in. Okay. So you roll a die and it tells you what aspect of your character is involved in this date? So I roll, I get a six. So the first date somehow touches on her going into psychotherapy rather than becoming a secret agent for, I'm going to say Turkey. For Turkey, okay, all right. Yeah, she was, she was in Turkey. They had her dead to rights. She managed to get herself smuggled out while she was, quote unquote, thinking about becoming an agent for them. And she just can't go back to Turkey. But just to be clear, like we're talking about the country and not the animal, right? It wasn't yes. just like it wasn't a movement of turkeys that were trying to recruit her into like some espionage ring. It was we're actually trying, Turkey, the country. We're trying to figure out what happens to all of our people around Thanksgiving in the UA in the USA. No, it was it was the country of Turkey. <laughs> Erdogan's that, that would make a great noir if they turned Chicken Run into a noir turkey drama set around Thanksgiving. I'm just I'm just throwing it out there, man. I think that uh, might work. 
I got a few other projects in the, I got a few other irons in the fire right now, but I'll consider nice. it. Um, so yeah. So roll a die and see which of your elements comes up. Okay. Uh, so I got a three. All right. So it has to do with the fact that she was almost a spy and that he is a clerk. <laughs> oh my god, this is going to be beautiful. <laughs> I hope so. Oh my lord, I'm, I'm so, going to love this so much. All right, so, so does he call her and ask her out? Or does he play it extremely, uh, you know, preeningly cool? And he's like, oh, "No, I'll just, I'll just let the girl call me. She was into me. I could tell." Well, I think um, it was a little bit of an awkward situation because he realized at this juncture that he gave her his business card, but she didn't actually return the favor <laughs> um, oh boy and so so she like he was literally sat by the phone waiting for her to call like and so know. yeah she texted him probably quite angrily about you know you can't just give a woman your card and then frost her out like a frozen ghost for three days I've been waiting for you to call me, but if you don't, if you think you can do better, just go do better. And, you know, uh, angry emoticons. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, he's re looking at this like, what? <laughs> and then is like, replying back slowly. He's like, well, I would have texted you sooner, but I don't remember you actually giving me your number, but at least I have it now. And like the upside down smiley face and then the sweat smiley face and then the the sunglasses smiley face so it um, comes back dot 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 i'll let you make it up to me oh and he's like what did you have in mind dot 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 winky face <laughs> she is curious to see what his idea of a first date is so she's like you know i'm pretty much down for anything what do you do for fun what's a great day for shed mcfadden assistant manager at Mr. Fantastic's Toys and Magic. To which he replies, I know a really nice park near me that has a really cool boating lake. Why don't we get a bottle of wine slash pims and lemonade and go boat around the park? Sounds lovely. And so, okay, we are at the park. Uh, drinking Pims and Lemonade, which I've never had, but which sounds lovely. It is very lovely, it's especially when the tennis is on. Uh, and so, yeah, they're getting to know each other. And so, she, yeah, she would probably ask him about... Now, he has demonstrated the leisure domain a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. So she'd probably ask, wow, so what got you interested in sleight of hand magic? Just Real nerdy kid, or what? As he uh, literally just reaches into a pocket and pulls out an entire deck of cards, which fall perfectly in line. Like, he takes his hand out, and they just, um, you know, they literally just, like, fall into his hand, but upwards. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <clears throat> and he's like, well, it just sort of came to me. Um, you know, one day, 
you find yourself looking for a new vocation as he clicks his fingers and you know his finger like bursts into a little flame and he's like and then it just clicked and then puts the flame out again um and he's like my my grandfather was into it and he taught me my first trick when i was when i was really young and since then i always just wanted to see where that would lie so i uh well i pursued I it I can think of like four magicians I could name. There's Chris Angel. There's that guy who got frozen into the block of ice. What was his name? Oh, uh, that was um, oh, Doug man. Henning and yeah. the one who married Claudia Schiffer, which I always felt was his best trick. Uh, <laughs> David Copperfield. David Copperfield. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So course. I've got. I can name four magicians, but to, so it's not like a really. It's, it's yeah. You know, can you make a living as that, or do you have to kind of, or, or or are you even not performing? Do you just do it for the love of the art? Oh, Wally J. How could I forget Wally J? I saw him once in Vegas. He was amazing. No way, man. He's actually one of my one of my idols. I've I've not seen any of him for uh, for a while now, though. Um, I need to get back in the magic circle. Anyway, so I mean, I kind of I just did it for the love of it. To be honest uh, with you, I I loved entertaining. You know, I used so to, pure. Yeah, I used to get invited to uh, you know all my friends' parties, and they'd say, "Hey, hey, you know, do that trick. You know, the one with the you know the one with the flowers." And um, and then I would literally just throw some flowers over a fence and pretend that they disappeared. Um, and thus started the great flower epidemic of uh, 2020. But that aside, I uh, I just loved it. I enjoyed making people happy, you know? I... It gave me a feeling of amazing uh, self-worth, and I just wanted to, I just wanted to see where it'd go. I but, get that. Know. I I truly do. I've uh... I've had a similar experience of something that I did just for me, and then some people wanted me to do it for them, and I did not want to, and it made me question, well, I, I don't know how much I want to tell you about this, honestly. It does not cast me in the the most flattering light, she says, sort of leaning back in the boat, tipping one leg up so that her foot so the shoe's dangling <laughs> off her foot yeah 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 i got you i got you so he's like he's pouring her another pims and is like no no go on and hands it over to her which is a little bit awkward because they're both in a boat and she's leaning back offsetting the balance of the boat well i used to steal things um wait what <laughs> Well, not things I needed. I, I wasn't, I, I never needed to steal, but I just wanted to see if I could get away with it. And it turned out I could. Uh, I took advantage of access wow. that I had and I stole stuff for several years and eventually got caught. As his top pocket just explodes with handkerchiefs. <laughs> It's like, no, tell me more. Like, you have everything you could ever want, right? You've, you've got money. You know, you've got 
clearly enough money to be able to afford the Lululemon um, stuff that you're wearing right now. Oh, um, uh, which... well, yes, I come from a very, I come from a fairly well-to-do family, I suppose. So uh, what, what did you steal? Uh, well, there was this one girl who was a real bitch to me at school, and I stole a pair of pearl earrings from her uh, that were like family heirlooms. These were Whoa. huge black pearl. And no way. Then I got a monkey and got the monkey's ears pierced and put the earrings in the monkey and released it at lunch. Oh, man. So you're a bit of a badass as well, then, in that case. I mean, that's one well, step beyond stealing. It in was fact, that's several steps and a monkey beyond stealing. It was cruel, though. It was very... It, it, it was a very mean act. And... I did not appreciate how something that is pointless and frivolous to me could be very crucial and meaningful to other people until I got caught. And suddenly the whole thing became very, very serious. And now I can't go back to Istanbul anymore. Oh, man, I hate it when that happens. It, was it at the check-in? It was probably at the check-in, right? It Same wasn't at the check-in. Uh, it wasn't you, at the check-in. You you got caught stealing something out of a Turkish museum and they threatened to send you to the notoriously dismal Turkish prisons. I've heard that they've tried to enact some reforms since the 70s, but I've also heard that mm, still not really a great experience. Oh, no, no. I, I just was carrying my nail clippers with me and uh, I got searched at the thing. But that, wait, what? <laughs> you and got you... put in prison? No, no, it wasn't prison, it was jail. Oh. See, j jail is where they hold you before you're convicted. So I was in a jail, and then I they took me to this building that they said, well, it's all very confusing, and I wound up having to lay in some pretty heavy bribes to get out of it. But it really made me think, you know, what am I doing? Is this the person yeah. I want to be? Do I want to spend the rest of my life snaking down a spider line to grab documents out of secured locations? As like and I did of, not. As like out of the lake, a lamppost just appears and starts shining down and the whole scene goes into <laughs> black and white. And then there's like, you know, a slight sort of vignette around the edge of the shot. And, you know, there's a slight mist that's sort of rolling in, even though it's the middle of the day. Oh, they could have been going out at, uh, you know, at sunset. And now it's just gradually getting darker and darker. Her face more shadowed as the sun goes down and yeah. the sky turns bloody red. Yeah, and more and more lampposts are appearing out of the lake, like at various points where other people are having similar conversations. So yeah, it's Some just like I just I I really took a pause then to reconsider, and I you know I admire the fact that you never got into this dark, sinister world of crime and intrigue. It's bad. Well, there was one time. Oh? where I nearly got caught. But fortunately, I was uh, skilled enough to be able to get out of it. Got caught doing what, you bad boy? 
Well, I don't think I should tell you. I don't think I should tell you. It's pretty. I told you about. It's pretty awful. I'm going to be honest with you, Ambrosia. It's pretty bad. It's Ambrosina, and I told you about getting arrested in Turkey. What? If you don't tell me what it is, I'm just going to imagine something much worse. You stabbed a man, didn't you? You stabbed him because you wanted to sleep with his wife, and then you shoved his head underwater. Well, if the stabbing and the man were, uh, if the stabbing and the man were a card trick, and his wife were a paying audience, then maybe something similar. I I lost my cool in the middle of a trick. I was cards a relatively simple trick i can't tell you how it works but the long and the short of it is of course the you code. guess what the card is and you always know what the card's gonna be but that day i had a blank and that day i i threw a table full of cards full across a stage in a fit of blind rage and passion and wow. then just when I thought everything was going wrong, as I was just about to reach out and scream, I threw my hand in the air and said, Is this your card? And it was, actually, and it actually improved the trick quite significantly. Or maybe they just said it was because they didn't want you to get more upset. I mean, the, the audience applauded, and, you know, I kind of okay. took that as a, as a good sign, you All know, right, irrespective yeah. of the, the sheer fear that was in their eyes at the time. I think we, I think we played it off, and then, you know, my, uh, my agent did, uh, he made a few calls, and, uh, you know, he got my PR agent, and she made a few calls, and then she got her assistant, and she also made a few calls, and before long, everything was fine. All right. But now you're a clerk. That was the day I gave it up. That was the day I got out of the game. All right. So that's... Should we, you know, call the scene with that? Yeah, yeah, if you want to, right. yeah. Well, so the question is now, and after every scene, we have sort of have to do this little, little critical analysis where how could this be showing that he is drawing out what's best in Ambersina, that, that Shed is leading her to be better kinder more gentle or how could it equally be read the other way so i don't know did you think that showed her at her best or at her worst i think i think it dug into her worst in order to try and bring the best out like i think i think we took it could have gone a lot darker to be honest with you i think yes where we went was we delved into her criminal history a little bit and we talked a little bit around like you know what she what she felt about the situation it was very very sort of fleeting but it was there and you know the the impression that i got through the whole scene was that ambrosina actually feels a little bit remorseful of some of the stuff that she's stolen um, you know, and the fact that she's not allowed back into Istanbul, it sounds like she regrets it. Okay, yeah. So the positive side is that, you know, she was honest and she, you know, is trying to evolve past being this impulsive, cruel person. But at the same time, it seemed like Shed was really interested in her telling these stories about being impulsive and cruel and a badass. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. Okay, so it could, it's early days yet, could go either way. So day two, roll to see what we get. All right. 
I got a two. I got a one. All right. At the end, whoever has rolled the most, uh, the, the highest total, decides whether the couple stays together or not, which is now entirely my... separate from whether yeah. it's healthy or sick. Dude, my D&D group will tell you very clearly <laughs> that I am not going to do that. <laughs> That's All not right. going to be me. Oh, boy, my rolls are appalling. Like, we're on a downward trajectory already, <laughs> and we started at three. Yep. <laughs> well, you never know. Dice are random, man. The patterns we perceive are only there projected by our consciousness. So, okay, what's coming in is why she didn't cheat, and he believes that love is the strongest force on Earth. Oh. So she loves surprises, and... <laughs> wants this relationship to exist on something at least approximating an even uh an equal scale and he yeah. is so okay is this their second date or is this a little farther along when they've been going out for a while well this is this is going to touch on her loving surprises right Mm -hmm. so i think it needs to be we need to have gone through that awkward stage where you know you've done a couple of dates at least and you've started to get to know them a bit better so i feel like this is going to be like maybe date three you know okay. like you have the, the first date which is the getting to know each other is this going to be a thing then uh, you have the second date if the first date goes well enough where you find out a little bit more about that person and then you have the third date, which is where you get to start to think about acting on some of the things that you've learned about that other person. Okay. So this is the point where they're pretty comfortable with each other, but have not yet gotten complacent. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Everything All right. Else? So we have Shed and Ambrosina. What's, what's this date? What do they do? Well, um, given that this is the third date, and uh, they, I think they're sort of like on a little bit of a roll. They're feeling a little bit more adventurous this time. So, uh. so Shed was reading some reviews online about this amazing new trend. He thinks it's an amazing new trend for um, essentially what is uh, a dinner. It's a lovely dinner, but suspended from a crane 20 <laughs> stories up. <laughs> All right. And it's just a, a table with, like, you know, the bucket seat style things that you're strapped into. Suspended 20 stories high. This actually sounds great. <laughs> you know, this is a real thing, right? This, this I did not know this is a real thing. You cannot. Yeah, I've seen it. I've actually seen it. You've been walking, walking along and a roll hits you and you look <laughs> up and there's some... Buddy up there. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah it's glad like, it wasn't uh, the squab. <laughs> like a rogue croissant at terminal velocity just plummets down. Like, <laughs> and a, you're like the hell? We mustn't do this in America because what it would turn <laughs> into is people in downtown Chicago suspended, and it would be rich people suspended up in the air. Yep. Eating chicken wings and throwing the bones on the oh my god no you the don't groundlings below them yeah oh my god that would be horrific oh my <laughs> lord 
<sighs> man, I talked about bone juice in one of the streams that I was in. I never thought I'd ever have an opportunity to find a situation where you could experience that. And yet, here we are. I love it. Thank you. There's a part of Chicago that never recovered from when the Dave Matthews band dumped their sewage in our river. Oh, so, God. oh God, <laughs> that, I don't, I don't know what that is. Like, I know who the band are, but I don't know when that happened. But it sounds horrific all the same. It was a while back. Yeah, yeah. Oh boy. Anyway, but so anyway. okay, the two of them are suspended with in the in midair dining off this table and i'm sure ambrosina is just enwrapped and you know can't stop talking about how this is the greatest thing <laughs> see i told you i knew that you would love this i read all of the reviews on yelp and all of them said that this was the best thing to do i yelp has steered me wrong sometimes but in this case it's great well, so, I'm glad. I'm glad. I really thought, you know, what could I do that would be just, you know, a little bit a little bit different as he as he clicks his fingers and there's actually sparks coming out of like his fingers. Um yeah, it's like, you know, just a little bit something something. So, you know, enjoy your uh enjoy your lobster bisque. It's a good lobster well, it's not the best lobster bisque I've ever had, but I'm sure there are tremendous logistical challenges to getting a meal on the table hot without it having without the infrastructure being visible so i'm willing to give it a little bit of a pass now the best lobster bisque i ever had you'd think it would be in maine but it was actually in new orleans really oh it had to, it didn't have a strong cajun flavor but just a little bit of that oh and and a little bit of that heat it was good. Man, I remember the best lobster bisque I've ever had as a uh, as out from underneath the table unfolds a street lamp, um, which <laughs> sits slightly above uh, shed, and the scene goes black and white, and the vignette comes round, and then there's a little mist. Uh, except this time, the bungee jumping waiter comes in, and as he's flying past the table, is everything all right? With your meal. <laughs> and and he replies, Yes, it's wonderful. The best Actually <laughs> is and she sort of apologetic. Can we send this wine back? Uh oh, is is there something wrong? And she glances at the waiter and kind of makes seesaw hands and says, Is there this I I really shouldn't expect a sommelier here, should I? And she, mm. you know, pulls She's like, uh, let me just sort this out. And she pulls the waiter over and they kind of mutter and confer and there's hand gestures. And yeah, yeah, yeah. He he goes off. She's like, this, I think you'll like this, but I think it will really complement the the palate a little more. Yeah, as as she dispatches the waiter back down on the bungee cord as he just plummets down towards the ground. <laughs> yeah, to replace the <laughs> to replace it with something else. Well, actually, do you know what? I, I brought you something this time. I wanted to give you a little present. You know, I, I hope you don't mind. As um, Has as any he... woman ever complained about being given a present from you? Well, you know. No, seriously, just... have they? Oh, um, you mean literally? Uh, yes. Uh, yes, they have, actually. Yeah. Uh, it was an awkward college romance. And uh, 
as another street lamp unfolds from under the table. And, uh, well, it was awkward. I gave someone a badge. It was a really, really well-cut badge. I remember it well. It said, have an amazing day in beautiful aluminium. It was a pin more than a badge. I spent a good $1 on this badge. And I presented it to her and I said, here, I saw this and I thought of you. And she looked at the badge and looked at me and immediately slapped it out of my hands and said, I wanted to have an amazing day, not a good day. And I never saw her again. Yeah, that's a little bit... I gotta side with her on this one. I mean, the slap was maybe a little much, but... I was gonna say, at least the slap, surely. But yeah, I mean, giving someone... It's like, oh, I saw this extremely cheap, shoddy pin and thought of you. I mean... No, it wasn't that shoddy. It was, you know, it was brushed aluminium. That's got a nice finish to it, and... You know, I I thought it would be nice, you know, a little gesture, just something to just something to say that I'm thinking about you, you know? Well, yes, and that is sweet. I mean, you can't go too far. In college, my boyfriend at the time, Chad, oh. had this car. He gave me a oh. car. It was it had it had been his his mother's car, maybe his grandmother's car. It was this Volkswagen bug and it had completely fallen apart and he'd he'd lovingly restored it to original mint condition and gave it to me and it it was just too much it was too much and and i didn't even i I barely knew how to drive a manual transmission Mm. yeah i hear you yes and I, i gave it back to him after we broke up but when he got behind the wheel, I gave him the keys and he got behind the wheel and he just broke down sobbing and just didn't stop and didn't stop. And then he kind of looked at me and it was that, are you going to come over here and hug me and make me feel better? Look, and I just walked away and he just sat there sobbing in his restored Volkswagen for, hey, I don't whoa, know how whoa, long. You know, if, if you want a Volkswagen... I can get you a Volkswagen. In fact, you know what? I'll get you a boat. A boat? That's, that's Oh, yeah. I know a fantastic boat guy who lives in an undisclosed location. And, I I, didn't, and I'll do it for you. I didn't know Chad. you were a boat person. Uh, well, I'd say I'm pretty full of surprises, to be honest with you. You are, a, you are positively astonishing. Uh, but, you know, I've... Uh, I'll think about that. Uh, But I mean, the point of the story is I didn't want him to give me a car and it was too much. And who knows if he'd given me an inexpensive but heartfelt aluminum, aluminum, that's how you pronounce aluminum, pin, we might still be together. I might be Mrs. Chad Harfordshire III. Oh. Dude, you're, you're trying so hard, and can I just say I appreciate it so much? <laughs> but like, I believe it's our differences that bring us together, Greg. And I think that 
you know, if you want to call it aluminum, that's fine. If you want to call it Jaguar, that's also equally fine. You want to you want to call them Corgis instead of Corgis? I'm down with it. Honestly, look, you do you. I'll I'll say it my weird English way. You feel can... free to call out every mispronunciation I do. That's yeah. All of them, all of them, you know. Like, okay, can tri- can you do can you do an American accent is the question. Can I? No, do you know what? So the guys on stream the other day asked me to do an American accent. And this mm-hmm. I have one of our producers, April. She lives in Texas. And she told me that um, basically whenever Brits try and do an American accent, it just doesn't work. And uh-huh. so, so she was like, go on, do your best American accent. And so I did this like Cali girl kind of like accent. Oh. And she was like, that's, Mike, no. that's not American. <laughs> let alone anything else and then i did it on stream as well we were playing a game called war thunder and i did uh-huh. it on stream and i was like oh my god can you even believe that she said that like i am so disgusted oh my goodness but, that's you know, not I'm, bad that's pretty american i'm glad you think so that's that's the best that i have like the you rest of it is very not even you sound like an unpopular girl from kansas in 1989 yeah, because I didn't even need my friends, like, anyway. You don't even know me. Don't even try to understand. Oh, you're losing it now. A little bit, yeah, exactly. See, it slips out every now and again. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, okay. So, yeah, they kind of they kind of go back and forth. Um, was he planning to pay for the whole dinner? Because I'm thinking that the bottle of wine she asked for is probably ridiculously expensive. I think I think in his mind he was he was open to the prospect of it but was kind of confused about how the conventions of it are going to work because you know with Monzo and stuff like that being what it is it's like well do we discuss it after the meal do I make an assumption do I try and pay for it would that be sexist you know like there's a lot of a lot of thoughts going on in his head right now I think his baseline assumption was that he would probably try and go 50-50 down the middle and see how that flew. Oh, okay. So yeah, if he does but that... Have a look at the check first. <laughs> oh yeah, the the wine is probably about half his monthly rent. As the bungee jumping waiter re-emerges and shows him the bottle. <laughs> and he's like, oh, this does look like good wine. Oh, um, I I actually know the vintner. It's... It's so unpretentious. It's like when you were talking about how you got into the the Leger de Mans for the love oh. of the art more than for any uh, desire to profit off the trickery. And that's how they are with wine. I mean, they, they have to charge because they're not imbev or whatever. They are a, a tiny boutique wine cellar and they have had some bad oh. years lately that they've had mm. to release, but this, oh, mm. Mm. the, the art for, oh, uh. the terroir was perfect. They just had perfect conditions down in Lombardy. Mm. <sighs> mm. I love yeah, this I, one. I can only imagine it. It seems like the, the header and the, the footer of, of this wine are just simply uh, red and everything else about it looks pretty nouveau. Mm. Yeah, it's very... Yeah, when he brings up splitting the check, she seems very taken aback 
and then kind of castigates herself and really apologizes for not thinking about it and just like, oh yeah, I, I let my guard down and I, wow, this wine is pretty expensive. I hadn't thought of it. I'm just, I'm used to that not being an issue. I'm used to not having to think about who's going to pay for dinner. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I, I totally, I totally get it. I totally get it. I can it. pay I mean, for the whole thing if you like. It's nothing well, to I, me. No, no, no. Honestly, you don't. No, you don't have to. No, no, you don't have to pay for the whole thing. As he, uh, as literally, tissues are now pouring out of his pockets, like down into the abyss below. Um, he's like, no, no, no. Look, I'll tell you what. Right, it, it, that's a wonderfully kind gesture, um, Ambrosina, but. I can I call you Ambro as is that sure. a thing? Um, or Cena. That's or, uh, you know, that's what Cena. my girlfriends used to call me. And then or she has Cena. just a little yeah, that there's just a little moment of the street lamp coming out as she thinks about Janice, but then it sinks back <laughs> down as as she resists the thought. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, no, look, I'll tell you what, right? As as wonderful as you are, Cena, I I couldn't let you do that. Like, at least let me pay for, at least let me pay for, like, what I ate and the dessert. Because I know you loved that, uh, I know you loved that brulee. So let me at least get you that as a gift. That's, that sounds fair and sweet. Okay. So So I think it's pretty clear how this, how this date could be bad. The negative aspect is that there's there is the big cash inequality yeah yeah and yeah, she's sure. kind of yeah it this could be read as her like oh it's really kind of fun for me to be much richer than this dude yeah yeah that's true uh, that the same token by the same token though i think that she didn't really lord it over him. Like she didn't really she didn't really go for the throat with all of this. And actually, one of the things that really came out of this was Shed trying to encourage her, like, you know, her love of surprises and to try and encourage her to be a bit more whimsical with the situation and to sort of brush away the inequalities with money and move more towards, you know, let's just have fun. Okay. So all right. I think you're right. It's a difficult one to call. It's a difficult well, one to call. Which is always what we're aiming for, that perfect ambiguity, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, how I, do you feel about it, man? I thought it I thought it was good. I thought it had a, a feeling of genuine to genuineness to it with the kind of disconnects you get from people who are from different backgrounds and who have unconventional things in common, mm. like a love of trickery and surprise but Mm. on the level of the most commonplace things like oh you know money social class all this stuff that we are immersed in but never talk about Mm -hmm. they're very very different and are operating on entirely different sets of assumptions yeah so i I think the scene worked pretty well on that level Mm, yeah i'm inclined to agree i'm inclined to agree third next day is the last one, and then we enter the end game, the scene at the boathouse. Ooh. 
I'm so, super all right. excited. Last roll. Well, okay. last roll for dates. And I got four. Man, I got four as well. Ho, 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 ho. What? What are the chances? Oh, Literally one in God. six, Mike. Don't get too excited. Uh, okay. But yeah, a double four. <laughs> <laughs> so. Right. So, so, so. This is. This is the date that devolves on her both of our erotic identities yes absolutely <laughs> oh my goodness pilot lights on baby um so her oh, we are gonna get our genital situation on <laughs> it's gonna be oh sorted my... out now hell yeah it is so what you've got is uh, this is probably a little while farther down now the question is have they done it yet or is well no do you know what i think the way i would love to play this is they've uh -huh. been on like four or i mean it, the, throw your own ideas in of course but i the okay. way i'd like to see this is they've both been on about four or five dates it's been suggested that that's where this leading this is leading but neither of them due to circumstance have actually had the opportunity to like say shall we go back to my place? You know, like with the bungee right. jumping waiter scene, like the, she was just about to suggest it, but then the waiter came in with the check, you know, or a few dates down the line, like he was going to suggest it, but then a truck drove past. It was like, and then they just never brought it up again. One of her corgi, how did you pronounce it? Corgi? Cor corgis. Corgi. Cor One yeah, of yeah. her corgis was sick. Uh, yeah, it could be could be anything. Yeah, exactly. So this yeah. is yeah. So they've been having this the thing where the pressure is just the will oh, they or man. won't they is getting more yeah. and more thick it's and going it's coming on. off them with yeah. in waves. And then what I'm going to suggest is that they're out somewhere like lasciviously feeding each other strawberries. Yes. When yes. someone <laughs> from Shed McFadden's bipolyamorous past shows up. <laughs> oh man. And is like, oh, hey, Shed. Uh, you know, me, Leslie, and Chris were going back to uh going back to the commune. You and your friend should join us. Oh, we can make hey, a we can Chad. make a five tuple out of it. I haven't seen you in ages. Like yeah, uh, well, I mean, I'd love to, but, um, oh, actually, I should introduce, so this is uh, Ambrosina. Ambrosina, this is Chad. Hi, Chad. How are you? I, um... <laughs> Sorry. I, um... <laughs> Sorry, that was guys are named perfect. Chad. I loved it. I know, I know. What are the chances? <clears throat> or what are the chances? Hey, hey. Mike, um, no, you're better than that, Mike. No, no, I am not. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I am not. <laughs> you're a better human being than that. You take that back. <laughs> I, I shall not. I wear my pun game with both pride <laughs> and minimal dignity. <laughs> um, yeah. So, 
Chad. Oh yeah, I, I'd love to, but I'm I'm really sorry. I'm actually on a on a date with Ambrosina. But uh, actually, um, I've got you in my calendar for tomorrow. You know, we're going to play tennis. Actually, are you are you still up for that? He's like, I don't know. What we've got planned tonight might leave me a little uh, little lethargic. Uh, oh, oh, Chad, come on now. Don't you make me jealous. I know you. Yeah, this is the point at which Chris and Leslie both lean in. And they're like, come on, come on back. We, You know, things have felt a little out of balance since you left the group. Man, it's so good to see you guys. I... Ambrosina, I've got something that I need to tell you, and I'm hoping it's not going to come as too much of a shock. Um, she looks un, she looks unusually like a Catholic schoolgirl for a minute. <laughs> Just you know, extremely prim and rigid. Y- y- yes. Um, look, it, for some people this is a big deal, but I actually. I'm in a relationship with Chad. Um, and in fact, we're married. Um, what? Uh, <laughs> and uh, like now? Uh, yeah, I'm uh, like right now. I'm polyamorous. She picks up her glass and smashes it against the edge of the table. Oh, whoa, okay, all right, that's uh, that's a little bit stronger than what I was expecting, but I mean... Grabs I the dinner, hurls it directly in his face. <laughs> whoa, 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 okay, all right, now we need to, uh, so like, I'm assuming... Stands the up, guys... upends, the, flips the table. <laughs> Jeez, uh, wow, you... Turns are... red, grabs the tablecloth, starts flogging him with it, screaming, whoa. You just told me this now? Just oh, yeah. now? Now you I'm to- sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to keep this back from you. I thought it was obvious. You know, like Stuart called me the other night and then like Stefania gave me a ring. You know, it was like I don't know you what to slut! <laughs> Man, no, it's not like that. It's not like that. I look, please just put the tablecloth down. Jesus. She puts the tablecloth down, picks up a wine bottle, and makes you beat his head with it when Chad grabs her by the arms. And I'm picturing Ambrosina is a, a fairly petite woman, you know, because cat okay. burglar. So sure. he's just he's just snatched her up, and she is screaming, red-faced, waving the bottle, uh, probably catches him in the head with it in yeah, a fairly yeah. painful but non-breaking bonk. And uh, that's when Chris and Leslie rest it out of her hand. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so look, just, just look. Let's discuss this. Like, put the bottle down and let. Oh, look, the, you're gonna rip your Lululemon vest top. Oh, and she's look. probably dressed a little more seductively for this. So she's probably wearing a you know nice figure hugging skirt, high heels. There. Now flying everywhere. Uh, Everyone's getting the show. Chris, Leslie, and Chad are struggling to not hurt her as they try and (laughs) keep her from kicking their faces in. (laughs) Look, so here's here's the 411. Look, it's difficult to explain how polyamory works, but I... I have a lot of love for all of these people that are in my life, and I'm happy that they're all in my life. 
I, you I, deviant! Uh, I'm look. It's it's a thing, and I'm sorry that you feel that way. And uh, it's as I say, clearly had a massive effect on you. Um, a lot bigger than yeah, I thought it would. She be. probably spits in his face at this point. Oh wow! That, that now that is uncalled for. <laughs> look, I thought <laughs> we could talk about this like adults, but it seems like. It seems like you are absolutely not even willing to listen to me, as he um, as he picks a um, a smoke grenade, like a little smoke bomb, out of his jacket, and says, "If you don't want to see me anymore, it's one of these, and I'm gone, baby. Your choice." I never want to see you again. I hope you choke in hell. As he throws the small device at her, <laughs> and uh, and a huge plume of smoke erupts, both covering both uh, Chad and her and Leslie. Was it Leslie um, and Chris? Sorry, Le- Leslie and Chris. Leslie and Chris and Chad is just a, a standing by the side of this, watching this unfold with his iPhone out, um, and like. This this plume just gets bigger and bigger until you can just hear she's like a screaming mess in the middle of a cloud of smoke, and she hasn't gone anywhere. Right? And does he just disappear while she's obscured? Yeah. So a um, so a lamppost actually sneaks out from behind a nearby tree and plants itself next to Chad and Shed as they look at each other and go. Uh, sorry, Shed looks up at Chad and says, it's just Victoria Park, Chad. It's always Victoria Park. And they walk off into the distance. All right. So <laughs> that ended pretty badly. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So she looks a little bit crazy and controlling then. <laughs> I mean... Just a little bit on the uh, on the controlling side, and a, a huge reactionary, as far as I could see. <laughs> well, to be uh, to be fair to her, from my perspective, four yeah. dates is pretty deep in for someone to casually mention that they are married to yeah. someone else. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, I mean, true. I date around is one level, but oh yes. This is my husband to whom I have taken vows. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's a pretty big omission. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, and maybe actually that was uh, a, <laughs> a bit of a faux pas on Shed's <laughs> part, you know. Uh, but at the same time, like, I feel that what... I'm trying to find a positive in this, Greg. <laughs> well, it could be a catharsis. Yes? Question mark? A catharsis of uh, you know, what? she realizes that you know this could be the break point where she's like, oh, he's like actually a person. He's his own self with a individual history and is not just this adornment in my orbit. Well, and she may realize at that point that she actually hasn't asked him enough questions, and maybe uh, maybe it's thrown some light on like her her selfishness in some ways. Like maybe she's going to learn from this, like she did in her therapy. Yeah, you she know? definitely goes back and calls her therapist about this. 
Oh yeah, oh for sure, like one hundred percent. Where is her therapist, by the way? Oh, her therapist uh, is probably overseas. I'm assuming this all happened in London, just because of your <laughs> okay. voice. Uh, but... <laughs> Thanks. And the, well, I mean, I didn't. I was trying to picture where this was because in my head, I've now got a hybrid of Chicago and Victoria Park. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever been to Victoria Park in London, but it's very different to Chicago. Um, well, Chicago has... is some sort of weird cyberpunk dystopia almost. It's pretty cool. Uh, Chicago has some wonderful parklands. Uh, all right. Ooh. So they, yeah. Um, Whoa. So had, yeah. had you not told your husband about this woman you were seeing? Um, I think... No, I don't think I had done at that point. I think that the next conversation that we're going to have is basically just the, so who was that then? <laughs> um, because he's literally just come into this scene and realized that, you know, this is all, this is all a massive, massive like drama to take part in. Um, and I think they're probably going to go off and have the, so you didn't tell her. Why didn't you tell her? You know, this is not going to end well for Shed on a multitude of fronts. Oh, so so Chad is ticked off too. Chad, oh yeah, Chad's ticked off. Like he, they have a standing agreement that they talk about all of the partners that they have. And if they want to, you know, have a new partner come into their lives, then they talk about it and they discuss it. Um, uh, but this one just totally slipped the docket. Why did Shad... Why did Shed keep this on the down low? Because I think it was the um, the amount of money that she had. Like, I think he mm. felt a little bit, not, not embarrassed, but like, he, he just didn't feel it quite right to bring it up. And he always was looking for an opportunity to do so, but couldn't find the right time, you know, to say, hey, I'm dating a millionaire, by the way. You know, it's a difficult conversation to have. And By the way, husband, I'm dating a millionaire, but it's okay we haven't done it yet. She's super hot, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's not a conversation with a lot of places you can tie it down. No, that's true. No, that's true. Yeah. <clears throat> All but, right. I mean, well-rounded. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so it's an arc that's now borrowing itself way into the center of the earth, but at the same time, you know, it's an arc. All right. So they presumably don't talk for some time. He's on the outs with Chad. How bad does that get? Is it something where Chad sulks for several days, but then Chris and Leslie talk him around? Or yeah, yeah, it's it's like the, okay. Yeah, it's like in uh, Step Brothers, you know, where they're having the arguments and then eventually they manage to, like, come together and they're closer because of it. And, you know, they learn oh. a lot of lessons and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. Okay. All right. So what I'm going to suggest for the end game oh, is... Yes. It's definitely you then on the uh, on the dice rolls, right? Well, yeah. So she... Oh, man. So I'm at 11 and you're at... At nine, so yes, yeah. it it is yeah. up to me to decide up whether they stay together. As we say in 
Bonnie Englandshire. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. I just wanted to say something, and that just felt right. <laughs> okay. There so I would say that probably three or four months after the explosion with the smoke and the wine bottles and the tablecloth flogging and everything. <laughs> <laughs> this is the point where the Turkish security minister is looking at the video of this on the phone and saying in Turk in perfect Turkish, you know, maybe we dodged a bullet when she decided not to be one of our covert assets. <laughs> <laughs> and whoever he's the general he's talking to nods and says, mm, high maintenance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't want a high maintenance spy, that's for sure. You don't want you want Bond. You don't want someone who's gonna in fact no, you don't want Bond, as was proved by like Spectre, but at the same time, yeah. You, you want, want someone that. who doesn't need a lot of reassurance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Actually, okay, to to sidebar for a little bit, the uh the thing I picked up from reading a uh the memoir of, or an article from a guy who actually was a CIA spy runner. And he's like, yeah. there's basically two kinds of assets you get. There are people who you can recruit to spy for the USA because they genuinely love the USA or the idea of it. And they hate their country and feel that they are oppressed and being, you know, squished under the heel of a tyrant. He's like, and boy, do yeah. I feel for these guys who really just want to do the right thing it's like but sometimes the more useful assets are the dirt bags the ones mm. who would betray any country for a paper bag full of money i really he's like one of my best assets was i think it was like the brother-in-law uh someone connected to the saddam hussein family Oh, wow. It's like this guy would just come by every couple months, pick up his cash, tell us what the family gossip was. He yeah, did yeah, not yeah. give a shit. He was a nihilist. He just wanted money, had kind of a gambling problem. Very, you know, not our most prolific asset, but yeah, solid. yeah. Man. So. That's like, fascinating. Yeah, it's like some of them you just you're they're like your sweet cinnamon roll and you just want to protect them, and others you're like, oh, pff, it's a dirt bag. If something bad happens to him, too bad. Yeah, yeah. He got... what? Like I have to admit, right? I wasn't I wasn't gonna say this, but I, I think it given this is the perfect situation, after that, after that little bit, after that sidebar. I mm -hmm. genuinely feel like I'm a guest on another podcast that I know called Pine the Bastards. Have you have you heard of this? Never heard of it. No. What's Pine oh, the man. Bastards? It's so good. It's um it's a podcast that's produced by iHeartRadio and it's produced uh, or sorry, it's uh, run by a guy called Robert Evans. Um and the the cadence in your voice is so similar to Robert Evans, it's amazing. And the whole premise of Behind the Bastards is it's talking about the worst people in history. Oh, you know, boy. Hussein, Hitler, Stalin, oh, man. You, know, like, you name it. But This he, would just he, bum me out. But no, he brings you into it in a really engaging, interesting way because it's hmm. not like a damning report. It actually goes through these people's lives and talks about 
all of the things from childhood that took them to where they became or where they went. And it's fascinating, like <laughs> genuinely fascinating. And the way you described that and that incident, I really did feel like I was on Behind the Bastards. <laughs> oh, Behind the Bastards. Yeah, yeah. Got it. I thought you said pine, like the tree. Oh, no, not pine. Sorry, no, behind. Yeah, behind. Can you imagine Pine the Bastards? It's a very different show. <laughs> it's God. like, but I want to be like you, but you can't. But I want to. <laughs> no, it's a very, very different show. <laughs> All right. So cool. I'm going to suggest that like three or four months pass in Communicado. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then... Wow. Out of the blue, he gets, uh, you know, there's a knock at the door and there is a courier with an invitation for him. Ooh. And it's, yeah, it's just, you know, an address by the waterfront and a time and date and, you know, her signature at the bottom. And, right. you know, I owe you an apology. Wow, really? Oh, man. Well. I think I think Shed would take this from the courier and sort of look it over because this is going to be a hell of a thing. Like he was sat down watching the uh, the hit 2014 series uh, film Inherent Vice and like he he doesn't really know what to do with this information. Like he wants to just to kind of find out what's going on because this is the we need to talk thing, right? It, yeah, it's giving the vibe. But, I mean, it's it's talk. it suggests rapprochement. It's got I I owe you an apology. Yeah, who doesn't yeah. like an apology? Yeah, yeah. To be who everyone fact loves an apology, and the fact that I said fact makes it factual. Um, so I think you heard that, it here on a podcast first, everybody. Exactly. If you say fact, then it's a definitely a fact. Um. I think he will obviously, obviously, he will accept, and he's going to go there looking stunning, like he's going to get the best suit that he can find, like out of his cupboard. Go and get it dry cleaned, ready for the event. He's going to buy himself some new cufflinks and a, a new tie. You know, he's got the watch on, the nice shoes with the mirror shine on the patent mm -hmm. leather. Like he's he's going for it, and because it's noir, it's obviously pinstriped. All right, okay. So roll a die and tell me what you get. I got a two. I got a another four. So do I need to re-roll that? No, because Ooh. this is we're rolling to see what the resolution is. Ooh, because it's even. The relationship is good pure and always was wow so shed yeah <laughs> we didn't know you can easily no. see how it could have been a disaster but also yeah. now we know this is the scene where they find out or reveal that they really were that he really is just what she needs wow now, Man. so what's still in play is whether she accepts that. Yeah, yeah, this is going to be... I'll tell you what, whoever's listening to this, stick around, because this is going to be... 
Yeah, so you get down, it's the boathouse, and her family yacht is there. And she wants you to go out sailing with her. It's kind of a recapitulation of your first date on a grander scale. Oh, okay. All right. Just Can you just describe the yacht for me? What have you got in your mind right now? Uh, it's not... Well, it probably doesn't count as a yacht. Uh, it's probably a nice yar, 20 or 30 footer. Okay. Um, Sail has, you know, it has a maneuvering outboard engine, but gotcha. It's it's a sweet boat. Everything has been very lovingly. It's not flashy, but it's very, uh, very high quality. Right. You can see the quality, even though you can't explain what it is about it that makes you say, "Yeah, that's a real good boat." Unless down the side is written her yacht. Right. Uh, no, it probably has a classier name than that. Uh, <laughs> it okay. might not even have a name. Or oh, it's uh, it's so premium, it's unnamed. Yes. Wow. Oh man, that's that's oh, this is a new level for shed. So yeah, there's a couple like very silent sailors keeping things running and there is uh there's ambrosina and she looks like she looks like she's had a real tough time of it but is really making an effort to pull herself together so there is this this tension between the glamour because she's got to have on some pretty amazing jewelry and clothes Mm. but Mm. there's just that sag under the eyes that Mm. the makeup can't quite cover and you know you can see there's a she's a little bit pale under uh underneath the expertly applied lancome but has clearly just gotten a manicure and you know gives you a hug and says i i want to apologize for that scene at the restaurant uh watching that on the internet a couple times a day for the past several months has really made me reevaluate some things about my life and my attitudes and my behavior. Well, to be honest, Ambrosina, I'm glad you reached out to me because I feel like we've let these sleeping dogs lie for too long and it's about time that we talked. I miss you. I miss you too. I I don't want to give you the impression that I am a bigot. What upset uh, me was not that you were with another man, but that you didn't tell me, that you never even alluded to it, that you were married to this person, but didn't consider them important enough to tell me or else didn't consider me important enough to tell about them. That's what hurt. And as she's, uh, as she's finishing her sentence, a lamppost <laughs> appears from just underneath the decking on the outboard of the, uh, of the yacht, the yet-to-be-named yacht, which obviously is LED to make sure that it's both cost-effective and green, and sponsored by Lululemon this time. <laughs> uh, and... <clears throat> As he turns back and says, 
I totally understand. This was entirely my fault. I should have told you sooner. I don't know what came over me. It was a combination of guilt and feelings I couldn't explain. Were you ashamed of me? No. Oh, no, I wasn't ashamed. No, (laughs) absolutely not. It was the opposite. I was starting to fall for you, and I didn't know how to explain this to anyone, let alone you. I'm sorry. Why couldn't you just have said that? That's all I wanted. That's all I wanted to hear. Listen, this boat, we could be down the coast in by by morning. By dawn, there is a beautiful little chapel. We could just well no, we can't we can't get married right away, but why not? This is Because a... you're married to someone else. But I I'm... I want you to leave him, will you? You're putting me in a difficult position here, Ambrosina. I know, I know. For you, I'll do it. Wow. Okay. So, according to the dice, this is the right outcome. It could have been, yeah, it could have been that he says no, but if you want to jump in the poly pile, you know, if you want to <laughs> enter, if you want to enter this complicated uh, uh, arrangement, there's room for you, but okay. <laughs> I was also, I was also, uh, you know, expecting that could work, but yeah. All right. Um, yeah, no, honestly, you know, I've, I'm so full of feels right now, Greg. I can't, that, I that's what I'm aiming it. for. What I'm, what I might suggest because, you know, I having rolled the highest, I get to decide if they stay together. I'm going to suggest that what she should have learned from this is you know how to share and that she uh is not the center of everything and that she should have joined with shed craig leslie and chris but by pulling shed away to be hers uniquely and by sort of overwhelming him with her wealth and privilege in order to dazzle him and get him to go away yeah they have a few good years but ultimately divorce, and he goes back to uh, Chris and Leslie. By that time, uh, Chad, yeah, it's Chad's death that uh, really wakes him up to, it's it's just an accident. It's an unpredictable thing, but yeah, yeah, seeing, seeing Chris and Leslie at the funeral, he's like, why did I leave them for this small, selfish former thief i think she might be stealing again you two slash agent she stole him away from them and that's it all right so that's her final act of thievery her her last and greatest crime and eventually she pays for it because kids crime doesn't pay and now yes and now now a word from blue apron (laughs) <laughs> do you know what i have always wanted to end something with crime doesn't pay I'm not <laughs> able to work it into anything that i've done and now i'm here um oh, you've just made my week greg oh my Cross god this has been so list. much fun this was fun thank you very much for playing it was a delight well, uh, i for hope you had me, as man. much fun as i did 
I've got, well, basically, um, every year as part of the Rusty Quill, because, I mean, I'm a streamer, um, so mm -hmm. I, I stream on Twitch, on uh, twitch.tv forward slash rusty underscore quill. Um, and every year we run a very large event called Gaming and Giving, uh, mm -hmm. where basically we invite a series of games developers, designers, YouTubers, comedians, improvisers. We invite like a load of people to come down. If they're a games developer, we try and play their games. If they're a comedian, then we get them on stage. We all play games together for 12 hours and we raise wow. money for mental health charities. Um, last 12 year, hours is a long time, man. 12 hours is a long time, man. I, I'm not going to lie. It's, it is, but it's a lot of fun. Everyone who comes down every year has uh, you know, a really great time. We wanted to run it as a live live show. Normally, run it, we run it with a live studio audience, but because right, of the current state today. of affairs, yeah, it's going to be a little bit different this year, but that's going to happen on the, uh, the second weekend in December this year. Okay. So... Yeah, stay this tuned. This should um, certainly be out by December 2nd, 2020. Oh, no, it's going to be, sorry, it's going to be on the 12th of December. Oh, yeah, so even more out before the 12th of December. <laughs> yep. Coming I was out going to say it's the day after my wife's birthday, but now it's not. Oh, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Can, can mean... you fix that, Mike? Can you just... I can I can try. Um, I can I can try. <laughs> but yeah, definitely tune in. All right, yeah, that does sound like a treat. And uh, okay, thank you for being on the pod. And uh, this was Million Dollar Soulmate. Thanks for having me, man. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> For this episode of Million Dollar Soulmate comes to us via Ali Aspan from the Unsplash website. The music is Ravel's Sonatine 2 Mouvement de Minuet through Muse Open. Million Dollar Soulmate is available on itch.io and via Drive Through RPG. All rights are reserved. Thank you for listening.